my little survivors, and welcome back. It is Tracy, and you are listening to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. I am humbled. I'm humbled. I am speechless. I am beyond thrilled, over the moon, to have with me a very lucky person. She is 30 Flirty and Surviving's number one fan, number one fan, but she is also one of my closest best friends. And I think that every once in a while, it's fun to kind of switch things up. Like I had Derek on, I've had my sister on, but like having people close to me on the show to have more just general conversations about life and get to know me a little bit more, get to know the people that I surround myself with. So I thought it would be so fun to have her on. It is Arielle Hughes. Arielle. Thankful, grateful, blessed. It's (laughs) so happy to be on the show that I listen to every single week. Yeah, she is. She is truly like a number one fan. My my day one supporter. Every single episode, she will text me on Mondays at eleven a.m. If not ten a.m. when she's done, (laughs) and will give me the like compliments galore, feedback, like her notes. Like you, she truly listens to every single episode. But also, will you share with them what you just told me that you also do on top? of that um so I listen to it on Apple because that's where I listen to all my podcasts but then while I'm working I will put it on Spotify and just let it play so that you get double the views something to think about people (laughs) something to think about you might want to consider that I mean no pressure no pressure but yeah I mean as a reminder it's on Apple Spotify iHeart YouTube so plenty of platforms you know to listen to it on mute if you need to whatever but it, it goes a long way and you might be in this chair next if you become our number one fan so You'd be so lucky. You would be so lucky. Okay, a lot of people say that Ariel and I look like sisters. So if you're watching on YouTube or you see the clips, we do look very similar. We have a very interesting story and in sort of how our lives came together and how we became friends. But you guys know I always start with my favorite couple of questions. So before we get to know you, let's do the basics. Do you Age. mind before we start? I feel like you wanted to give an update about the love of your life and you're oh forgetting it. Oh my God. <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> number one fan, number one friend, okay? She, oh uh, yes, you guys, I just need to say I, a sincere thank you to all of you out there who have tagged me in the posts that are going around about Chris Evans. Captain America. We all saw that he, in a recent press interview for The Gray Man, was asked what he was laser focused on in this time of his life. And he said that he was focused on finding a partner and settling down and someone that he can build like a future with and a life with. And I have received so many, sending it to me, texting it to me, tagging me in the comments. So many of you guys have sent me this and it just really made me feel so grateful that you guys know me this much and this well and you also support my love for him. And I think that if we all continue to work together, we're going to manifest his and I's relationship. It's going to happen. Oh, it could be a reality, um, absolutely, with the team, with the survivors. Yeah, no, I think if we all just, 
as like get your crystals out, write your journals, write in your journals tonight. What else do they need to do? Meditate about it. But yeah, keep tagging me in it. I love it. Um, and you know, just maybe just get in his DMs for me, whatever you need to do. But I, I really appreciate all the effort so far. But okay, back to you. Age. 30. Just turned 30. I've never met somebody, sidebar, like so excited to turn 30 in my entire life. You were counting down the days. Since I was like 25, I've been looking forward to it. And I will say it has lived up to every like thought that I've ever had. It's really? even better than I thought it would be. And I'm only, what are we, what is this? July, seven months in. So, okay. What about 30 excited you? Uh, I feel like I've heard people talk about like the best time of their life and they were like, like shit just gets better. Like, yeah. it, like nothing but up. And I just feel like everything that I've like wished for, hoped for, prayed for, worked for, like it was instant. Like the universe was like, the clock was ticking and I got it right when I turned 30. Every single thing I've wanted. Okay. Yeah. Put that on a on a Hallmark card or something. <laughs> Let's go to your sign. What's your sign? I'm a Sag. I think you're the through. first Sagittarius I've had on the show. Really? And I can't remember another Sagittarius, but I have I I don't have very many fire signs to um, sit here and share this experience with me. So everyone I'm, in my life is a fire sign. Like everybody that I love is an Aries. Truly, my family, my friends, my boyfriend, everyone. My next question always is um, relationship status. You just said you have a boyfriend. We love that for you. You were like one of my only like single friends. <laughs> so I'm kind of pissed, but I'm happy for you. And then um, where were you born and raised? Quincy Hospital. But <laughs> I did live in Weymouth for a little bit. And then I moved to the Plymouth. And I lived there for like 13 years. As as the as the number one fan, I do have a couple questions for you. Um, and and keep in mind that yes, I'm asking from your opinion, but I'm also looking for you to be the voice of the people. Okay, oh, I can do that. Yeah. So, um, out of curiosity, this will be episode number forty four in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite thirty flirty surviving episode of all time? Yes, definitely. What was it and why? I don't know the numbers. It doesn't. You can say the guest or okay. or whatever it was. Um, I love the one that you just did with Derek. Okay. And I love the one. Um, what do you call him, Marky P? Love Marky <laughs> P. So I loved that one. Um, obviously, everybody knows I love the one with Lisa. So I think the theme is, I love it when it's people that you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're so much more relaxed and relatable, and it's not so like business. Those are great too. I love like learning new yeah. things, but. Um, me as your friend. I like seeing that side of you. I like listening to it. Because that's probably like what that's you what see I get. most yeah. of. So it's it's like that's the girl that I know. Like, that's okay, that's interesting. So out of curiosity though, I mean, you did mention Lisa, but like Marky P and Derek, is it the dating and relationship conversations that is also interesting to you? Or do you really think it's just more of the vibe with them because I'm relaxed? Back okay. and forth. Like I don't think girls really give it back to you the way that the guys do. Agreed. And I don't think that you will would bully a girl the way you bully them. <laughs> and it's entertaining to listen to. That's good to know. Yeah. But the real reason that I wanted to bring Ariel on the show is because 
Her and I have known each other for years and years. She mentioned she is from Weymouth. Obviously, you guys know that's where I am from. We are not friends from from that time, though, That which is really interesting. We've really only become as close as we are in very recent years, probably three, four years. Three. 2018. Okay. Not to get exact on you. I'm like, <laughs> eh, probably. She's like May 8th, 1992. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think that what has made our relationship so special and our friendship so special is because when we started to have a relationship, our friendship blossom, like we're older, we're more mature. And I think that we approached how we get to know one another and how we bond and spend time differently than how I may have as an 18 year old, a 16 year old, an adolescent, if you will. (laughs) And so it kind of made me think of like, it's really interesting and kind of how we choose friendships in this decade of our lives and in our 30s. And I think it's an interesting topic. And so I wanted to have just like an honest and real conversation about that and why we think it's it's worked. I feel like I'm dating you. Like now that I'm saying this all out, I'm like, why has our relationship worked? It's not romantic, guys, I swear, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you never it is. know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But first and foremost, Ariel does not remember me for shit when we were little. Doesn't remember me for shit, yet I remember her. So you grew up in Weymouth and you left before what, eighth grade? I transferred in eighth grade. So my mom and my dad let me go to like two weeks of school there. And then they were like, you're out. Yeah, you're out of there. <laughs> but in in our defense, like Weymouth was a really weird at the time. They were redoing the high school. And so we were going to a different school like each year. And you kind of it's a big town. So it got you get kind of split up between like north and south. And so there was only a few years where we overlapped in school, but we had a lot of mutual friends. But I remember being somewhat friendly. I, I told her this story. I was like, I just remember this one time in sixth grade. Like we were in the hallway and you were walking down a staircase and I saw her and I was like, hi, we were like between classes. And she just like gave me her little wave. She used to have these like little teeny pigtails that she would wear, you know, you remember those? You would like, she would part her hair down the middle and she would like the little teeny elastic and then she put a butterfly clip on it like little pigtails like this on top and I was like that's like the last memory that I have of you because we didn't go to the same school seventh and eighth grade and then you moved and she was like gotta be honest with you don't remember you at all don't know you through a hole in the wall no yeah like I've heard of you maybe but like no no recollection whatsoever my first memory of you is when you moved to California and I was once again supporting you you had like a blog and I would see your stuff on Facebook and then you like converted to Instagram whatever I don't even remember but yeah I was like I'm gonna support her so you did that was my first memory that's really sweet of you so okay so essentially how we reconnected um I was living out in LA she was living in Arizona which she's mentioned before and I was living with another girl from Weymouth um she was like the only girl that I had known when I moved to Los Angeles and that was really our only connection from being friends in you know like fourth grade and she was someone that Ariel had stayed in touch with so Ariel ended up she was staying in Arizona you knew like same situation, right? Like one or two people like Mm -hmm. you and you loved California. So you had reached out to her and you wanted to come up for a weekend to visit. So I just have to stop you there because it wasn't even that black and white. I feel like people always like throw out like, oh my God, come visit, blah, blah, blah. And they say it lightly. Like I I will. So don't invite me if you don't want me to come. And I remember texting her one day being like, are you around this weekend? (laughs) 
That she is so like, funny. Sure. I literally booked a flight in like 30 minutes, ran to the airport, and you guys picked me Yeah, up. that's one thing to know about Ariel. <laughs> She will, like, so Jacqueline was like, I literally woke up one day and booked a, a flight to Paris. Her, you and her are the only two people I know in the world that would do such a thing. I don't think Paris is your vibe as much. I did book something for Europe. I did okay. try to go to Africa alone. The world is, like, not on You've my been side to Greece. You've been to Australia. You've been to Africa. You've been, like, everywhere. I haven't been to Africa yet. Oh, I thought you just said you went. Well, I booked it, and then Ebola came out, and my job was like, if you go, you don't have a job when you come back. And I was like, Ugh. okay. So I got into a wreck with my car in 2019, and I had this like 2011 Nissan Altima, and she she had seen better days, but I had gotten t-boned, and so they said the car was totaled. And I remember talking to you and I being like, <laughs> and being like. This is great. Like, I'm getting so much more. I got, like, seven grand for the car, but I was like, that's way more than I thought for a car that was that old. So I was like, it's perfect. Like, I'll put that down, and then I'll put, like, a little bit of my own money down on a new car. And she was shocked. Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted that I used <laughs> the insurance money to buy a new car. She was like, wait, wait, wait. I would never. I would put, like, $1,000 down and then use the six to buy a vacation. And I was like, you know, that's the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And she but was I've like, lived. you've lived. <laughs> you've never missed a run check. No, never. But I've lived. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah. I have absolutely no savings. None. None. My password's getting up there. Stamps versus savings. There you go. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so so yeah, so you come for the weekend and turns out that you and I just like click. We hit it off and we instantly become very friendly after that. But again, at the same time, it's like you're living in Arizona, I'm in California. Fast forward to moving back to Massachusetts. I moved in 2019 and then COVID hit in 2020. And this girl is like, hey, I'm home for the weekend. Would you want to get a smoothie and like hang out in Plymouth? I was like, yeah, let's do it. I get there and she was like, so I haven't told anybody, but I actually <laughs> moved back. I was like, wait, why are, are you in the FBI like why are you living undercover what's wrong with me <laughs> so from there from the moment that you moved home we have been pretty much attached to the hip pretty inseparable and I think that it, all jokes aside you and I laugh a lot and we joke around a lot and obviously this is all like very entertaining but we have gotten to a place in our friendship that I think is very rare and a lot of people who have been friends for years and years and years may never get to and that is why I hold you so close to my heart and why you are so special to me but it made me think like I was saying before like what was the difference and Yes, I think COVID had a lot to do with it because there wasn't a lot of options for us to go to or, or to do. So a lot of our nights would be sitting on the couch with a cup of tea, like old ladies. And before we know it, like six hours would pass and we would just talk. But I also just think like you can't do that with anybody. So you can't just chalk it up or attribute it to COVID and staying in like that doesn't there has to be something else. So my question to you, my first question to you would be, what is it about your friendships 
now in this stage in your life, like when you're choosing to surround yourself with? What's different than maybe how you measured that in the past? Mm. First, I just want to say you are equally as special to me. I want to acknowledge you're that. You're so sweet. See but- what I mean? She's too good to me. <laughs> um, but I think before I was more so looking for like just someone to have a that again sounds like we're dating, but like just someone to have a good time. Like someone, someone to DTF. travel with. <laughs> someone who's going to pay those bills. No. Um, I truly just think that you don't meet people that genuinely have your best interests in mind, who have such a good heart, who are so judgment free. And I've never left like a get together with you or anything feeling anything but like bliss. And that sounds so cheesy but truly every time I leave I'm like I wish that God gave me her sooner it I yeah okay you're gonna make me cry (laughs) but that is so sweet but so you don't have to just talk about me I mean it's (laughs) sweet but I think like generally speaking like now choosing friendships in this stage in your life Mm -hmm. it's more about how like they make you feel rather than like what they can offer you or like oh, things sure. to do. So like if you leave and you, I think that like, like we've talked about this before, I think friends should recharge your batteries and not drain them. Yeah. So if you walk away and you feel energetic or you feel lighter and happier and generally in a good mood, that's a good measure of someone who's adding value and, and bringing something into your life. But there's, if someone's like making you feel not so great, like a lot of, I, I don't know about you, but I think we do this with, with romantic relationships. We do this with friendships. We also do this with like our coworkers. We do this with family. I think it's something that everybody does, but it's like you have the history or the tie to somebody and you stay around because of that and only that Mm -hmm. we're humans we evolve we grow up we change and there are so many people that are still in your life just because you have that one thing like connecting you and it's a really good opportunity for us like in this area and in this time to sit and say like is that is it serving me anymore? Like, is this doing anything for me or am I just in it because of all the years behind me or because of, you know, she's friends with my friend or because, you know, I've been dating him for seven years. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I think there are millions of people that put the longevity at the top of the list when they're like, what do you love about this person or why is this person your friend? They're like, well, they've been my friend since I was three or our parents grew up with each other, whatever. I just think there are more important qualities in a friend than how long they've been there. I agree. I think that history is not a reason to like, there's almost this, it's like this blackmail thing. I feel like sometimes I'm like, well, they just know everything about me. It's like, okay, and what are they going to do with it? Like, Surely. there's, go ahead, <laughs> like share with the world. I don't care. I talk every day to the world. You know what I mean? So like, there is that thing where it's like, oh, well, they just know me. But how often is it like, oh, wow, they know me and I still don't feel great when I, like someone that knows you that well, you should only be feeling like you're walking away from them at 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not to switch gears a little bit, but I think you were talking about the rarity of our friendship. Mm -hmm. We've both moved across the country and had to try to start over and make new friends. And so we both understand that it's not as easy as 
people think it is to make yeah. friends when you're older. And the fact that we not only clicked right away, but like had so much in common and so much mutual love and respect and just like super cheerleaders for each other. Truly so rare and doesn't come around all the time. And I know I've said this to you before, whether I met you before, or I met you now, like I still would choose to be your friend. Yeah. Um, my very best friend has been my best friend since I was 11. And every day I'm like, whether I met her yesterday or yeah. when I was 11, I would still pick her to be my best friend. Yeah. So, And I think that's important because there are so many people in my life that I would still continue to pick. But I think that it's just so harder when we're older, right? Like because everyone's lives are so cemented where it becomes difficult to get to know somebody and break that wall and get into who they are as a person and become close to them because when, when we're younger, it's like we're all in the same boat. We're not all in the same boat anymore. And that's, I think, what makes the, the challenge. But I love that you said, like, I would continue to, like, choose you. Or, like, I think that's important. I think that's something, like, we need to regularly check with with ourselves is the people that I surround myself with and who I associate myself with, they're reflections of you. So oh, it's yeah. like, do you still want them in your life? If so, why? If not? Why not? And I think like we should be doing those regular checks because we owe it to ourselves to feel good around the people that we spend our time with. Faux show. Faux show. <laughs> so, okay. Less like, or more specifically, more granularly, are there certain qualities that you look for in a friend at this age in your life? I would say obviously kindness respect um I would say I guess judgment free like there's so much going on in the world and I have friends I'm more of a four quarters than a hundred pennies type of person I always have been but um, I've never heard that expression before in my life are you being sarcastic what rock have you been living on that is the most common expression that I'd you pick four, four quarters, quarters than a hundred than pennies they each equal a dollar but like I don't want you Joe Schmoes I want like my core four I mean, it makes sense. I've just never heard it. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not a thing. It's. Just, I've never heard that before in my life. But now that you explained uh, it, I get it. I don't remember where I was going with this, but I think it was that there's so much shit going on in the world, and everyone has different yeah. views and feelings and all of that. And um, I just want someone who's open. And I, I feel like I'm talking about a dating thing again, but it's okay. Um, I think that matters in friendship too. I honestly, I think it's. I, I. I know we're making a joke about it, but I think that it's actually. It's a relationship. Really, truly, it yeah. is. Because when we're talking about like history versus who we're choosing, like we're your friends are people you choose to bring into your life. Yes, it's not romantic, but like the same foundation should apply oh, in sure. terms of what we want out of it and like what we need from it. So I think there is a lot of overlap. And I do think about it. I know you're preferred method of contact is not calling but like when something good happens to me when something bad happens to me there's like three people that are on my speed dial you're one of them and I think that that says a lot like okay. we're still new friends I was gonna say I think that that has been such a pivotal part of how close we've gotten is I think that we give each other grace for space and I think that that's really important in this area of our lives when everyone is on different fucking planets in terms of what they're doing right like friends that are married friends that are married with babies friends that are buying a house friends that have moved across the country friends that like everyone is in different spaces in our lives and I think that with maturity in our 30s it's like 
nothing's personal and like you need to be able to understand that that not everything revolves around you things are changing evolving and and moving around and so it's like you will be like hey I know that you don't like answering phone calls but will you please call me when you get a second you don't yeah. call me I out of nowhere you. because you know that I will not answer but you will text me when you need to talk to me and I think it's just like learning to work with people and like what they need and what they want and I think that we've achieved that from getting to know each other on a very granular level you have been an open book since day one you have never like I can ask you any question and you'll share it with me I think you're very self-aware you're very vulnerable and I think that vulnerability is a huge part of friendship and being able to get close to somebody because if you don't want to tear down those walls like you never truly get to actually know someone Mm -hmm. and I think that when you release that feeling of judgment like you said or trying to live up to a status quo that's when you can really be open like that and let people in and let them get to know you for the quirks like the good the bad and the ugly and I think that's so important in friendships because I want my friends to tell me when I'm being a piece of shit I want my friends to tell me that like they support me like you have shown me I used to always think of like I want my parents to be proud of me. I want my boss to be proud of me. I want the people that like I answer to, you know what I mean? I've never really thought about like friendships. I want my friends to support me. I want my friends to be there for me. You, like I've never asked for it from you, but you just give it so openly, like telling me how like happy you are for me, proud of me you are. And I've never realized how important that is in a friendship too. Like I feel closer to you when I know that like I'm doing right by you or that like you you know what I mean that like you appreciate the things that I do and I think that just we take that for granted and we don't vocalize it enough so being able to say that out loud really goes a long way so sweet I just want to go back and say um echo that yeah our friendship has never been surface level not for one second um but also maybe your love language is words of affirmation and you don't know it Really? Yeah. Because like, I feel like, yeah, it means a lot to you when I'm like, "Ah, I was just thinking of you today. Like, I'm so happy for you. I love you so much. This podcast is so good. Or I was like, I love your nightstands. This is like, your room looks so great. And you were like, "Ah." yeah, she came over my house today and she was like, something about your room is different. Did you get nightstands? I was like, as a matter of fact, I did. (laughs) Thank you so much for noticing. But yeah, I think that like we, as people, like we like second guess ourselves and we don't say things out loud. And so when someone actually makes the effort to say, hey, I really love the way that your hair looks. Like you, yeah. like your nightstands look <laughs> awesome. I, I just think like we we take those observations in and we are so, we keep them close and it goes a long way when you actually say them out loud. Well, thank you for noticing. Cause I would say probably like six years ago, I think it was on my vision board or my <laughs> to-do list or whatever it was. I feel like I always think nice things about people and I used to keep them to myself. And I really made it a point that when I'm saying something nice, I don't care if I know you, if you're a hundred feet away, I will run to you. And I will say, I love your dress. That's so flattering. You look beautiful. Something. 
anything. If I'm thinking it, I make a point to say it. So. You are genuinely one of the most sincere human <laughs> beings that I've ever met. And you, like, in moments like that, people, I think, don't do those things because they're kind of embarrassed. Like, oh, what if they think I'm a creep? Or what I if, like, know. they don't receive it well? You are like, I don't care. Like, I have something nice to say and to share. And, like, that person should know. And if there's a chance you might make someone's day, you will risk everything else to do yes, it to what if they were day, like, which I think is just so sweet thank you having a bad day or like felt insecure about something I just feel like everyone needs to hear that even when you have like think you're God's gift to earth yeah still give someone a compliment yeah they could use it something else that I really respect about you that I think has been crucial in our friendship is there are no not it's not just like not having no secrets but it's like I don't know what the right word for it is but like transparency yeah I think it's just how candid you are like you will have plans for this girl will harass me and be like hey when do you want to hang out like hey like Thursday okay 6 p.m sounds good oh my gosh I can't wait Thursday morning rolls around and she's like hey I'm so sorry but like not into it tonight and (laughs) I but I respect that so much out of you because you also caveat it with like I want you to know it's something personal and, and and you'll explain like why and you I just love that you have those boundaries for yourself where you know that I'm not going to be personally offended because you can't hang out tonight and you feel safe enough with me to say like I know we made this plan and I'm not trying to flake on you but for myself I need to be alone right now like there's this just level of honesty where I don't know if it's respect, but I know that I can set a wall if I need to and it's not going to personally offend you. Like, I know that you're not going to take it to a whole other level if I don't... One of the things that... um, Like, Ariel's the type of person that's like, okay, text me when you get home. Or like, okay, yeah, like, keep me posted. And I am the type of person that will always do those things. Like, I will let you know when I get home. She does not mean them. She is in a bath and she has, like, passed out in bed already. Like, something. Like, she's not available. But I am the person. And she's like, oh, I didn't actually think you were going to text me. And I'm like, no, no, no. I told you. Like, my word is my bottom. Like, I told you I would text you. I would text you. She's so, like, flippant with it. Or like, (laughs) hey, like, if you want to hang out Saturday, let me know. And I'll text her on Saturday. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I can't, you know, or something came up or whatever. And she, one of the things you always have said to me is that, I need you to know that I would never be personally offended if like you can't hang out or you didn't text me when we got home or you didn't do this. And there's this understanding where if you text me at 10 a.m., I don't need to text you at 7 and be like, I'm so sorry, work was crazy today. I can just text you at 7 p.m. and let that be when I answer you. Like there doesn't need to be an explanation. And I think that there's this like pressure that's off of our friendship where you're not going to be mad at me. Like there's not going to be a fight about it. And I think that's a a level of maturity that you have that makes that difference where, and again, like allowing the space and grace in each other's lives. Thanks again. But I do want to backtrack again (laughs) that I'm not a ditcher. Um, (laughs) I just, I didn't think you were. I feel like there's nothing worse than someone feeling like they have to do something because they committed to it with a plan. Like who wants to hang out with someone that doesn't want to hang out with them or who's like not there or like present or when I have like shit going on and I feel like I can't give you my full attention or what you deserve when we spend time together. I'm like, hey, let's reschedule when we can both like be all in. So I appreciate that you are the same way and I never feel like you're annoyed with me or you're like this girl sucks or any of that it's so important no it's appreciated 
Um, much appreciated. I also want to quickly like do a hard, hard turn out of friendship for a second um, and just talk about, it's sort of related to it. Like I think the deep conversations we had, like I can tell you anything, you know the ins and outs of my life, but I can talk to you again, judgment-free and you always are there to offer advice, but you have been huge for me in my health journey the last couple of years. I like, I don't say that isn't like there's something wrong with me. I, I'm just a serial hypochondriac. Like I have like severe health anxiety. And I think it's just because people in my life and my family have had things happen. And so now I'm just very adamant about being proactive. You know, our I feel like our parents' generation, well, that's not true. Your mom's an NP, but like <laughs> our parents' generation, a lot of people just like didn't really care, didn't like look into it. It's like you wait for to have the problem. I want to avoid the problem, but that results in me always assuming there's something wrong with me. I was going to say, sometimes you try to figure out the problem when there's no problem there. You try yeah. to avoid a problem when it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, let's backtrack. Mm -hmm. Let's <laughs> take a deep breath and really think about this. But, but nevertheless, <laughs> I will say that you recommended me to this naturopath, like holistic practice and I am about to embark on that so stay tuned guys I will I will update you I'm really excited about this journey because I you have spoken so highly about your I health journey and it has changed like your mood the way you feel like your body in so many different ways and I think that I would never be on this ride if it wasn't for you being open about that. But my question is like, what's the biggest thing that you've learned from that journey kind of like focusing on rather than functional medicine, more holistic naturopath medicine? It's probably shocking for you to hear this, but I would say like that everything is doesn't have to be so extreme. What caused me to go and do all of that was... I was young and hating my body like all girls do. And so mm -hmm. I went through this phase where I wouldn't eat cheese. I didn't eat any dairy. I didn't eat any gluten for like a year. And I sent my body into like a stress. I, I wasn't eating enough. And then I lost uh -huh. my period. And then my hair was falling out. And then I had like acne on my chin. And I was just trying to do quick fixes. I would do like spironolactone or just everything that was doing more harm than good. And I ended up seeing a naturopath in Arizona and I think my takeaway from that was that everything didn't have to be so extreme. Like health is not all in. It doesn't have to be 100%. That's how people, I guess, fall off the wagon. That's the worst term. But live your life. It doesn't have, you don't have wow. to be healthy all the time. There is such thing as, why can't I think of the word? Like it just doesn't have to be all in all the time. Of balance. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Not all or nothing. If you want the pizza, if you want the ice cream, eat the pizza, eat the ice cream. That's not going to affect your weight or your mind or something one time. Right, right. And also though, I wanted to really bring this part up because in a couple of weeks I have someone coming on that I'm really, really excited about who is going to talk about the female body and our periods and menstruation and like how it all comes together. But your biggest thing is like birth control is the root of all evil and that's something you learned on that journey, right? I mean, I think before that, I quickly took birth control when I was 15. I was on it for maybe a couple months. It was, They were the worst couple months of my life and yeah. I've never looked back, never gone on it since. And I do have friends that are on it and it's just so clear and so known in today's day and age, I understand why people have to be on it for pregnancy prevention. And again, judgment-free, it's your body. Do what's best for you. But there are alternatives that yeah. don't fuck with you. 
Yeah. Um, mentally, physically, spiritually, <laughs> all of it. Truly. I just think that everybody deserves the education um, and the right to choose and people not like shoving it down your throat. It's not the only option. I completely agree. Um, and like, there's just so many things like high cholesterol and like, like headaches that we just attribute Anxiety, to depression. everything else. Yeah. When honey, it's your birth control that you've been on since you were 16. Oh, for sure. You know? Well, anyway, I wanted to, yes, talk about that because I will have you guys follow along on my little healthcare journey, but also thank you for all of those conversations that we've had and you sharing your experience with me, because I think that it's really inspired me to seek an alternative approach. And I think it's important. And and I think it will be a great segue to what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. But with that being said, I have one final question for you. I know where you're going with this. Because <laughs> you've seen this before. I've heard this one or, once, once or twice. What is the one thing you would tell your younger self or that you wish you knew when you were younger? I think I would say even when I don't agree with someone, if I disagree with you know, their thoughts, their actions, anything like that. Um, not everyone needs to hear my opinion. I can keep that to myself It's if it's not directly affecting me. Such a hard thing to do. <laughs> so hard. I've been working on it. I feel like I've done a little bit better, but I have always been so quick to share my opinion, even when people don't ask. And I think maturity has just made me realize, like, that has nothing to do with me. They can do whatever they want. It's their own life. Yeah. And it all came down to, like, control. You don't need to control other people. They can be themselves. Just do you. That's I never would have put that connection together. Mm. But you're right. That is yeah. what it's about. It's like trying to make people think and act like you. Because like, I think like I've I've been guilty of that before in the past, and I in my head I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to help. But no, really, no, it, it's them. you're trying to keep everything in line, mm -hmm. trying to control it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a good point. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just think you save yourself a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. Just keep your opinions to yourself. Okay. I respect that. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.